podcast. I'm here on the road. I've made it all the way across the border to Orange County, and I'm at one of the uh, fanciest design studios I've been into in a long time, meeting with uh, Mr. Pontus Vimteus at the GAC, Advanced Design Los Angeles, if I'm hopefully saying this correct and not butchering it, Pontus. So yeah, I know it's Advanced Design Los Angeles, but it's perfect. And you were the Executive Design Director, is that correct, Leo? That is true. Well, see, I, I got all of it right, so I'm really proud about that. My, mem- my, my short-term memory is playing out real well for me today, so it's a good sign. So, Pontus... Thank you so much, of course, for, for opening up your studio to me and letting me come in here. I very much appreciate it. And thank you for being a guest. Well, likewise. Thanks for having us. It's a great privilege. So tell me about the design studio that we're sat in at the moment. No, I mean, not in this very room, because it's probably covered that pretty quick, but your whole facility you've got here in Newport. All right. No, thank you. So um, this studio is, uh, is a Vitrina case. I mean, we started... Uh, with ambition to do something which is more like a, um, a pad for us to hang around in. And one of the unofficial names was the launch pad, which we thought this is uh, a pad where, you know, you live and breathe and, 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 and so on. And also the pad is a launch pad where you, 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 you shoot off rockets. Of course. So uh, we are spearheading kind of GIC now, the design and the advanced design. Uh, from this facility and and we just wanted it to make it a little bit more open a little bit more cutting edge when it comes and 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 um, more of um, like a contrast to all the cold studios that we can see Um, there is um, there's a warmth people do spend a lot of time at work and work hard and and we wanted to make them feel at home so the interior reflects that I mean this is a former art gallery um, so the transaction uh, to into the studio was fairly easy. Uh, it's a very open space, and, and we're on a busy street where we're surrounded of restaurants and, and all the kind of stuff that, that makes just life a little bit easier. And, I mean, it does feel very well. I mean, I came in here to a uh, like a veritable wall almost of a fireplace on display and then Christmas carols rolling in the background, so it, it, I felt very homely here. Yes, it is the last working day before Christmas, so, you know, we're celebrating and embracing that. So what is it that you guys mostly focus on here? What are you going to be focusing on, shall we say, for 2019? So um, we're doing various projects. Uh, We are doing more advanced work, which is concept cars, and we're looking at the future of of the automotive industry. And, of course, um, uh, parallel to that, we're supporting uh, our headquarters uh, with a lot of uh, production cars and facelifts. Uh, but not only that, because the studio is, is, is much more wider than a, than a normally design studio. So we're doing a lot of branding, marketing, benchmarking, uh, graphic design, how we present the car, uh, photos, uh, the flair of, of the company and, and what we're doing. And we really hope this can be a platform for GIC to invite media and, and people in the industry to see a little bit what we're all about. Um, in contrast to that, we are a, a pure 100% digital studio so we we and the vr so we usually uh, joke that we are a vr and uh, we have the latest in technology uh, we have game uh, generators uh, computers uh, we have these uh, googles so we go into this matrix the digital world and and there we compare uh, what we design with known entities 
and this is a super super fast and very interactive uh, way of, of working and going just um, yes, 100% digital. So it may look like a, a Bartos pad or something or a fancy uh, flat or apartment, uh, but it's really true, you know, hardcore the studio. And then, so how was that uh, transition then, shall we say, from where it is now, where it's like mostly either virtual reality or even like augmented realities, the where everyone's going or looking at, to when you started off? I mean, what's the transition been in those couple of years? Because uh, you're a young man, straight, almost straight out mm, of college, right? Mm, thank you. It's good that there's no pictures to this <laughs> broadcast. So um, the transition is that um, it, it, I think that, um, you know, like everyone has their way of working. And, and I had the, the great privilege to, to go through many countries and many cultures. And um, there are different ways how to uh, do cars and different medias. So uh, in Italy, uh, they did a lot of things in plaster at that time when we did concept cars. Um, in Renault, in France, we did things in foam and then also clay, of course. And um, a lot of it can be like done, uh, especially on the interior side, that you do uh, manual kind of hard models, which you work with. Uh, hard models which are not doing any kind of soft like the plastiline clay and so on. And then, of course, you have the digital world with the, with the alias modeling and, and the other system was before that. And I think now we have been exposed to this system for nearly 20 years and we got more and more used to actually understand what is happening in, in this uh, virtual world and environment on the screen to foresee and guesstimate very, very close how it is when it comes out in 3D. And uh, so many talented people have been working with this now and um, it's, it's a fast way. You don't have to have any uh, milling and modeling physically. You can have it more slipstream and also timing. But another thing that happened is, is also like the form language, they always change, you know, like, you know, you go very hard or architectural or soft and sculptures. And, and in the past, of course, the media that you work in invites to and, and shapes and decides also the form language. So when maybe Renault, they got their clay from the first time, they were like, oh, look, we can sculpt and we can do this and look what we can do. And then they kind of uh, calm down a little bit and say, all right, let's see like what we can do just having like, like a more controlled design. So what we see now, we see much more intricate design, which is more layered and a, a lot of design which doesn't have any B side per se. So going digital, you don't have to do like uh, armature for heavy clay or the buck and whatever. So it, it is much more, uh, more easy to, to have this more complicated form language when you're doing it in the digital world. And then of course we mill out small models or 3D print things and so on and, and that's also a thing, you know, also the 3D print printing revolution means a lot for us. So uh, that is the reason uh, why we now have embraced this, this, this new way of working. It's fast, it um, doesn't generate so much cost. Uh, we can see a lot of things in the same time also. Um, traditionally you, you, you work with the interior, the exterior uh, apart and the CMF which is color material finish. 
and they kind of exist in three different worlds and on one stage on the project they all come together now we can look at everything at the same time because actually I can look at the exterior and I can go into the interior however rough it is and we can also dedicate you know the shaders to represent different color materials so already there we are ahead we're ahead of the game which which cut the kind of develop time enormously and also the quality because you know we designers we we more or less imagine how it's going to be and then we get a verification when we get it we get it out and we see it in physical shape now we get that kind of acknowledgement much earlier in the in the process which is you know super super beneficial plus we can communicate this with a lot of other people. We can communicate it with, with people like the media if we have something under embargo, but more important to, to, to other people in the company, which can be marketing or, or the executive board members or, or engineering, and they really see that and can go in this world and understand. Um, so, so it's very transparent. It's holistic and transparent and, and very uh, communicative. Sure, I mean, that was going to be where I was going with one of my questions was, um, it must be if it's all in the virtual world and everyone has access to the virtual world or say as some people I'd say up in the cloud mm. it must make it easier for you to work as a team and from the different locations no absolutely and um, we are um, sharing um, the design work here together with you know our headquarters and we open up a new advanced design in Shanghai so of course uh, digital uh, data math is universal so we can <laughs> just by kind of transferring these files have the same you know vision and look and we have like parallel uh, setups in in this um, different studios so everyone can just interact and also uh, if we have something that that you know that needs to be kind of milled we have a great supplier network around us where we're sitting but also the facilities that we have in China uh, do a lot of things. So, for instance, when we're working uh, in the beginning of a car and, and ingress, egress is very important and the setup, mm -hmm. um, we have something uh, built there in China and then we fly down or we have a team there that videotape everything and, and give the notes and say, like, giving us feedback. So it's, it's, it's a super, super good setup. And then prior to jumping on the podcast, we talked about your location here in uh, Costa Mesa, Newport Beach area. Why is it that you feel important to be in this location? Why in, in like the great Los Angeles area, shall we say? Okay, so no, um, several, several reasons. Um, we have great network, as I said, about suppliers around us. The majority is actually in Orange County, when, and, and we do need that, you know, once in a while that we, we, we need something uh, milled out or, or, or big 3D printer, printed parts and so on. Um, but um, we are blessed here with um, most of the, of the car manufacturers have showrooms here. So um, we have Pagani and McLaren just two minutes from where we're sitting now and, and Rolls-Royce and Ferrari and, and you know, Subaru and, and Fiat Chrysler, you name it, uh, Lincoln, um, Tesla is, is in Fashion Island, uh, five minutes from where we are. And it's really, really good to be close because sometimes you just want to find out and you want to measure things and you want to check it out. Um, and that is a very, very good uh, opportunity for us also to feel 
uh, what are other people doing, other manufacturers, because we are a monitoring studio as well. So we are uh, keeping uh, our finger in the in the jar of like what is coming up as a trend and and uh, you know uh, a lot of things. And you know then that makes it really easy to have it close by and don't have to sit in 45 minutes an hour in traffic and so on. The second reason is, um, and that doesn't that is not specific for this studio particularly, but uh, it is a busy street where we are on and it's like hundreds of restaurants and we for sure didn't want to have uh, some box out in an industrial area where people every lunch or even oh where are we going oh, I don't know we have to drive so we can walk a lot and of course you know if you would have a studio and in some other places that could also be possible like uh, downtown or Long Beach or whatever but it's just to have this closeness and feel that you're not isolated uh, we see a lot of cars passing by but th there's a lot of animation around where we are and and um, you know to to be in touch with that and, and having a little bit of people watching and and you know check out a little bit of life just you know and especially in the evening you know it doesn't feel like everything is dead around us and everyone gone home we have restaurants open around us and people are you know so it's so it's a great location and the southern california weather helps a little bit to help you get out and go for a bit of a walk around yeah not I at mean, all if you're here in the northeast it'll be a bit of a challenge to go out now on a night when it's like minus 16 that that is true. There's sometimes we have uh, colder uh, temperature Where in the studio. The 50s, yes. Yeah, we can have colder uh, temperatures in the studio than it's outside. It's it's fun. No, it, of course it helps. Um, and you know we are surrounded by beautiful um, Laguna Beach, Newport uh, Beach, uh, water, uh, boat life, uh, all of that. Uh, really good climate. We are couple of degrees less here in the summers of course and we get the nice breeze from from the pacific so fantastic now if i want to get you back to the benchmarking you talked about with these uh dealerships that are around is it very easy for you to go in there and like bring a piece of tape measure and measure things down or do you have to come in like if you figured out a way to need to wear disguises and so forth so those are uh-oh it's pontus back again to Go and check out no, our cars. I, I mean, first of all, of course, you always have to ask politely, and and you know, we 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 have good communication with the people. Um, some of them we invite to the studio because you know we share in cars and we share a little bit how you do a car. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they have no idea or they haven't even got that from their own company, and and there's no secret stuff really. We are not copying or ripping off. Uh, it's and and you know it, it's 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 kutum in the business that you know you lend cars from each other the the, the big OEMs or that people rent companies so mm -hmm. I think that if if you're always straight and, and and honest with that and you say we just want to measure you know uh, how how big is how wide is this seat or whatever if we don't can get the data uh, that that's no harm um, and and we need that kind of um, touchdown on 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 real material because we are working so much in the digital so a little bit of the reality check but you know it can be like um, different materials you know how 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 black is is the leather in a porch compared to to a lincoln for instance you have to mention uh, uh, some example so i don't think it's 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 a big harm everyone does it i was and just more concerned about the poor salesperson he thinks oh i've got a fish on the line here i've got to be really interested in this leather it must be a real big thing and then you've bitten the poor guy down he's like oh next time yeah, they Next always time. want to sell cars. But as I said, you know, we we speak a little bit, we explain why we're there, uh, we try not to waste their time and, and be very respectful. 
um, and we haven't had a bad experience. They, quite the they're contrary. All nice. that, they're fantastic. Got, they do the wonderful cars and coffees down here as well. So they're all good guys. Yeah. But um, so if we take a step back and try and understand, how did you sort of get into the automotive industry? What was it that was the driver from the start that kind of pushed you in this direction? All right. So. Um, uh, my parents was in the fashion industry, so my mother is a, is a fashion designer, or was. And, of course, that's not what I'm going to do then. Um, but uh, I think that in the family there was a, uh, there, there, there was, um, a lot of um, artists and, and that kind of flair, and my, my, my father was a great businessman in fashion. So um, I wanted to be an architect from the beginning. So um studied a little bit and I got into like doing uh summer work uh, and in some architecture agencies. This was pre-internet era and and of course you know there's been like amazing architecture from turn of the century the last one and the mid century but the access that you have to all of what you have now through the internet was not that easy at that time. And I did that for 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 two summers, and oh, it's too black and white. It's, and maybe it was the wrong agency that I work with because it was all layout. And you know, as much as I liked the draw there, it was it was not for me. So um, always liked cars, read over everything about cars, grew up with cars. Um, so I said, all right, I'm going to be a car designer, and um, very early. Um, and I wanted. To be autodidact, I, I did not want to do any schooling um, because my heroes at that time, they had not attended design school and those were the Italian masters and they were just amazing artists and sculptures and so on. Um, so uh, I um, started very early when I was 16 as a freelance illustrator and I was just doing covers for magazines and things like that. And then I started uh, as a technical illustrator for Volvo, like a draft person. Mm -hmm. And um, I started as an apprentice, and I still did my cars, my portfolio, and all other kind of designs in the evenings and weekends and whatever. Um, and then um, in Sweden at that time, you had a mandatory military service. So that was the one year that I had to go and do that. And after that, I started in advertising. And at a very, very early age, uh, I worked myself up, and I was... Uh, art director and again at that time uh, maybe 50% of people in advertising had a, a, an education 50% just you know had great talent and, and was artistic and a flair for it and then uh, recession hit in the in the end of the 80s and in two months where I lived uh, there were seven or eight agencies that just closed you know, it was the 80s, it was mm -hmm. the big bubble, everyone, everyone, you know, and advertising was cool. So um, a friend of mine showed me a magazine uh, where a person had won this reader's competition and went to Art Center in Switzerland at that time. Um, and then there was some information, they were like in Stockholm, and I traveled up there and met some of the students that was on this world tour kind of promoting the school. I said, I, I, you know, this is something for me, you know, like I can't just sit and do this by home. So I went down with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, to Italy. Um, we drove down in Alfa Romeo f to Italy. It sounds terrible. It sounds yeah, it's absolutely awful. I can't believe anyone would want to put themselves through that. 
No, and we did it in like one day through Garmisch Partenkirchen and Germany. Like, yeah, it was a great, great trip down. And I stopped by the school, and I uh, I met uh, the person then uh, for the admission, and I gave her my portfolio. Uh, and that was not only cars; it was a lot of things. It was all my graphic design work, my advertising. I painted a lot on in that time, uh, a lot of abstract big canvases was very, very hot at that time. And I sold quite a lot. And uh, even at that time, I thought, maybe I should just go completely into this. Um, and product design and ladies shoes and industrial light poles or whatever you name it, boats, everything was there. Um, so I, I just handed over that and, and uh, you know, continued down to Italy and then uh, went back to Sweden. And uh, a month or two months later, um, I got then a letter saying that I'd been admitted to Art Center, but as advanced standing uh, in the fifth term. Um, and at that time was Hans Muth, who was an industrial designer who, who oversee my, my, my admission portfolio, and Uwe Bansen, uh, who is the former or was the former design chief for uh, Ford Europe, and that was a that was such a, a great opportunity um, because I was very unschooled, so I did not have any education. And usually, you start in prep or the first semester or the third semester, but at that time it was unheard that someone went straight, you know, in into the like the fifth term transportation. Uh, and I haven't done any of my academics, so I worked all the time to catch up. Of course, I came with the wrong uh, media, I had the wrong pastel shock, I didn't have Prismacolors, I didn't know about warm cold, I never done any 3D work. So you were basically the rebel on campus, is that what you're trying to tell us? Yeah, there was tough. And it's, you know, so many talented people around me, and, and I learned so much from them. Uh, um, because I listened and they they shared, so so I think I I caught up fairly quickly, and you know did then my first uh, clay model and and it was great. But what was great with with the whole thing coming there is that um, even when I was in advertising and you know in school and you're the one of the guys that know how to sketch fairly good, you don't really have found your clan your people. And when I came to Art Center, I found my tribe. Um, I was not longer the best in drawing. <laughs> I was not lo lo no longer the only guy who was interested in the design and the little odd one. So that was a fantastic feeling. It was nice to like sort of like hit your niche or your clique or your friends kind of thing. Or yeah, friends that you didn't realize that you had. And now you've made them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, the thing is that that school it was just for the for the. Um, people here was listening in so art center college of design in pasadena um, had for almost 10 years uh, a campus in switzerland which was beautiful it's um, uh, in montreux vevey which is a beautiful um, part of switzerland uh, in the Pretty french part all of switzerland's very beautiful it is true. It's like a little model, model train landscape, yeah, the whole country. It's very pretty. Uh, it doesn't have any coastline, though, but it has a lot of lakes. And Lac Léman, uh, the Geneva Lake, is, is one of them. And, and we were there. So uh, f very, very precious. And the thing is that as a student, you don't really 
appreciate that is beautiful it's only when we have revisited the place and you know past the school which the school is no longer uh it's closed and it's now a private uh housing because it was done in a in a chalet or sorry a chateau sorry uh and it had like a concrete barn where we had all the workshops but when you come there a little bit older you really indulge how beautiful it was when you're a student now nah, you don't think about it no you've probably got other things on your mind yeah so then, so how long did you, were you at uh, Art Centre then? So I did it in uh, 14 months, okay. so four semesters. Um, so that was a very short time. And uh, then um, uh, I had interviews. And, and what, what was in the school then is, is uh, the great thing with the school is that they are so connected to the industry. And... Uh, what also is great is that some of the teachers and, and our uh, principal, Rubansen, he already kind of earmarked people to go on certain jobs because he maybe saw the match they had to go to uh, a company where, you know, maybe they could be, you know, spread their wings and be more prosperous and things like that. And, for instance, like uh, we spoke about uh, media before and, and like how you're doing uh, the, the kind of different disciplines when material and how fabricate or how to create the design. Uh, so at that time, for instance, Mercedes-Benz, they did not have clay. And in Italy, at the great one, they work with plaster. And, and as a designer, what we heard rumors about, oh, you're not allowed to go into the modeling studio uh, first, you have to have like a white lab coat, and and you know you for. But at at uh, certain places, you know, you were straight into to to the work, and and you know, with all the talented clay modelers and sculptors and so on. And I did not want to go to uh, Opel and General Motors in in Germany at all. I wanted to go to to Asia, to Tokyo. Um, there was other companies which which I had on my radar, so at that time um, George Gallion came down um, when we had our graduation and interview, and, and um, I remember um, uh, they have set that interview up for me, and I haven't really accepted. And then uh, Claire Halmus uh, came running like Pontus. Pontus, you, you you haven't said yes to Opel, you know, they're, they're here. Nah, I mean, like, no, I, I don't think, you know, but they're here to see you. And I was like, oh, okay. No pressure, no, no pressure at all. So, so, I, um, so I had, like, a, a couple of interviews with, with, uh, with um, some companies, and I remember before that, going back in time, we had one-day ski day with Art Center, which was one of the few days... Uh, we were kind of off where I, I didn't kind of work hard. I, I was breaking into the school to send my model during Easter holidays and things like that. And Uwe Bansen was sitting, you know, in front of me and said, yeah, Opel, Opel would be a good, good company for you. And I was like, no, I want to go to BMW or whatever. No, uh, I think Opel would be good. So he already kind of placed that for me. So I'm ever so grateful for that. Um, so when I met George Gallian, a uh, very, very nice gentleman from Opel. Um, he was not so interested in, in the portfolio. I think that he trusted Uwe and they knew, know, knew each other from the beginning. Um, and this may be sound easy for everyone, but I worked hard to get there. So uh, so uh, he said, do you want to, you know, when are you going home? Like, okay, I'm driving to Sweden, you know, after semester. 
okay, can you imagine just stopping by in Rüsselsheim in the General Motors Opus studio? I said, yeah, would be great. So um, I I stopped by there and and I remember went into one of the of the big design directors uh, office and and Kodama was there and George Gallion and Hans Seer and um, there were some other uh, top top guys there. And I just put out my, my portfolio work. Uh, I had done this beautiful, um, by a Swiss bookbinder, this box, which, oh, yeah, I don't know how much it weighed, about a ton, <laughs> if that says anything. But I, I mean, I remember I, I went with that everywhere. You backed the forklift truck up? Oh, yeah, it was, it, it was impressive when you got it in place. But, you know, before that, it was... There's a lot of sway uh, at the right to Yeah, you. maybe not. You know, now we're more slipstream with digital portfolio mm -hmm. and, and upload it on the screen. But, um, and, and I just put the samples on the floor and walked down and, and, and they offered me a, a job. And um, it was such a great place to come as a new, um, you know, up coming designer, if I say, because I learned so enormously a lot because uh, after a few days sketching, we just went into uh, 3D modeling clay already. Uh, and that I think uh, was enormous important for me because I got all this exposure of understanding 3D directly. And you know, we did it like in first model in two weeks and my boss said, uh, okay, Pontus, that looks good. You know, now you can do the next theme. So I think the, the, the way we worked that super, super quick in, in, in 3D um, gave me and the rest of the designers there uh, really, really an upper hand of early kind of and getting a lot of experience and, and exposure to 3D, which is essentially what you're doing. A car design is not about only cool car sketches and, and visions and ideas. It's, of course, how well you interpret it and, and execute that in 3D, because that is what will be fabricated, you know, with all the engineering input and, and, and we don't see the sketch when we buy the car. So... Um, that was super, super important for me. Um, and then I got bored. And it's the first time in my career that I wanted to go away from car business. Um, this fantastic company, um, fantastic team, so many talented people I learned so much from. Uh, the clay sculptures there at the time was world class. Uh, really, really good. Um, I I had a, a good friend, Jim Fetz, who is a car photographer, um, and I always discussed um, um, f uh, 3D with him because photography, when you think about it, it's catching light, and that's what a car is about. It's about core lines and reflections, and that is what a car photographer also do cool. yeah. yeah and that is how we kind of do the sketches so so um i discussed that with him I and mean, we was a privilege to have an in-house uh car photographer and and i had like a really good um friend there kurt hoffman who is, is unfortunately passed away now he was my arbeitsvater when my like working dad he's like amazing clay model and we always discussed like proportions and, and core lines and reflections and so it was a great time but we went through a little bit of a rough patch as a company because we did boring cars so there was no one really who wanted to buy an Opel among the designers mm -hmm. because we did not do very passionate cars so however much I liked 
my team and 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 everything we did i thought this is not for me and um i wanted to then take up uh fashion design and fashion illustration and i always done a lot of figure drawing and 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 design clothes i have a huge interest in fashion and i thought this is boring car design is not the state of the art vision whatever I wanted to, to do and, and, um, and want to do the rest of my life. So I got this great job offer from Renault in Paris. And Renault was one of the most amazing car companies because of their uh, fantastic uh, concept cars. Um, and I also think because of the Renault was best F1 car that they did. Oh yeah, well. I mean, they were real petrol heads as well. And it was in Paris. Mm -hmm. Which isn't a bad place to be if you no. like fashion as well. So I was like, no, in Germany it's maybe not for me, uh, but Paris. So I thought, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to have my car designed because they pay the moving and, mm -hmm. you know, they pay the, the rent and I can survive and then I can do my, my, my daily work at Renault because I will get by. And then until I build up my, my network and I can work as a fashion illustrator at the beginning with at that time, I my hears uh, Terry Mugler and Gaultier and, 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 you know, I thought this is the right place. And then I came down there and it was um, the same time as uh, the Paris Motor Show. And it, it was great, you know, I was in Paris, I can't believe I'm working here, I'm living in the city because Renault was then in, in, uh, in uh, Boulogne-Bilancourt when they had a factory on the, on the island. Uh, so you actually lived in a city where it's very few car manufacturers that actually you can do that, live in a city and, and, and work in a studio. BMW in Munich is, is one of, 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 of those. But, and I remember first day I, I, I came to work, you know, a little bit cocky, yeah, right. And I saw the level of artwork and the guys that was there and working. I just had to sit down and say, I have, you know, I have to get to this level. This is what I want to do, you know. Screw that fashion, you know. So, I'm, sort of rekindle I'm, the passion again. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, I was there five years. Uh, I learned again so much. Uh, amazing, talented people, true artists, and you know, like every experience builds you up. I I can't say that one is less worth than anything else so if you look at the GM Opel time where you did a lot of things in clay and sculpted and and you learned a lot about that here it was more about graphics not being uh, what they say premier degré which is the first grade you always take something a little bit further and 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 continue and you they, they were very inspired by you know architecture and 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 product design and and wanted to, you know, under the, the guidance at the design director and Patrick Lequemont, uh, he has wanted to do much more avant-garde cars, uh, which was then maybe not car as a car isolated in its own kind of bubble, mm -hmm. but actually much more, as you have in the 50s and 60s, when you look at American design, the cars have a little bit of the same foreign language as the fridge or <laughs> the household ap applicants and, and whatever, and, you know, color and, and, and you know, material. It's all kind of, you see this like an era, and, and, and the car is really a, a child of its time. Um, so that was very, very... Um, impressive to 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 be part of that and i i think that 
a, a lot of designers really, really respected uh, the design team and wanted to be at Renault at that time. It's like, you know, if you go down and you know, there's like an artist movement and you have to, you know, who's there? Yeah, Picasso is there. And Salvador Dali, okay, I have to go there to get to get into this. And, and for me, it was very much uh, like that. So um, Paris, the lifestyle, um, my two children are born in Paris. Um, and I was about to stay, but, um, you know, then there's always something else something happening. Something next comes along. Mm. And so what came next? So um, we're living in the city. Um, even though I was, I think, fairly good, good paid, uh, being in France, Paris, kind of expensive. If you don't have any relation there, families maybe not the best place to have two children I don't know it was far away from the ocean I will always come back to that I need to be close to the water so um, thanks to Art Center um, as being so much contact in the industry of course me and my fellow students always met other people from the industry and I had the privilege to do a sponsored project for Volkswagen uh, no sorry for Audi and that was uh, uh, Ulrich Lammel, Uli Lammel, and Peter Schreier from Audi. And then uh, they went to Volkswagen. And uh, first Uli Lammel, who led the interior uh, operations, is like one of my absolutely best bosses I ever had, fantastic. Uh, and uh, Schreier then was at Audi. And I got two um, offers to come and visit both Audi and then Volkswagen. Um, and I did not want to go to Germany again. I didn't want to go to Ingolstadt, Munich. I didn't want to go to to Wolfsburg, Volkswagen. So um, Uli told me, but Pontus, we have we have other options, you know, like we we have studios everywhere. And at that time, um, it was known as the best studio. I'm I'm a little bit you know, uh, tired of people who say, oh, this is the best design team in the world. And they all kind of say that. We have the best designers. There's nothing really like that. There's an immense pool of extremely talented people, people in the industry all around the world in each and every company. But what was significant for, for, for DC, Design Center Europe, Sitges, is that you work with all the brands uh, in the group, in the Volkswagen Audi group, so it was uh, Seat, Skodas, but also Lamborghini, Bentley, Bugatti. And this was before uh, Audi and Volkswagen kind of splitted in two kind of different companies. And it was before Porsche and Ducati was actually under that umbrella. But also they had a small design team and great facilities. And it's the most beautiful studio you can imagine, just <laughs> 30 kilometers south of Barcelona. Uh, in a resort area. Which isn't a bad place to be, really. Amazing. So uh, the team of, of people there, wherever it was, the, the, the designers or the hard models or the clay modelers or the, the cleaners, they were all on top of their profession. It was like a little family. So we were between 50 and 70 people there, depending on. Um, and it was very much known to be the place to be because lifestyle was really good. You work with a lot of interesting uh, brands. You had the support from one of the most interesting and best car companies in the world. 
and the level of, of designers there was, you know. So um, I did uh, six months in Wolfsburg to get earmarked. I really, really liked the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then uh, I went down to, to Spain. And I remember, uh, you know, it, it was like a religion, that place. Uh, th- there it's, I mean, there's so many people that are now leading in the industry has gone through that studio. And um, everyone was talented. So uh, I think that people working with extremely talented people around them, um, they have much more uh, kind of respect for each other. And, and, you know, they are maybe not so cocky because everyone around you is like an assassin or lethal. You know what I mean? So everyone, yeah, yeah, right. I can, you know. So uh, we shared a lot of work. Uh, I mean, to mention Daniel Simon was there. He's a like, great guy. Um, Boris Jacob. Um, uh, Pluie, who is the design uh, chief of Citroen or PSA today, uh, Fabio Filippini, who I work with in Renault, and then went to Citrus, and then actually went back to Renault three months after I came, uh, who was the last design director for Pininfarina, uh, Benoit Jacob, who was leading the uh, i3, i8, BMW electric revolution one of the best sketchers I ever met. Uh, I don't know, like so many people uh, been through that studio. Um, and again, you know, you you learn so much. But, you know, we also got very well treated and, and well reimbursed. And for me to live at the beach and have my children growing up in a Mediterranean kind of <laughs> weather and, 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 and setting, and then do the thing that I love most to design cars. That's, uh, it's super rare, that opportunity. So I was there until we had like a split in the Volkswagen group where there was the south and the north and they split and when Da Silva came over and and, and uh, Varkus, who had been the head of Volkswagen, kind of more kind of retired and went back. Um, and um, then we were going to move. So 2004 was when that studio closed. Um, and now it's a cultural design center uh, in the Sitges community that, that, that they took over. Uh, but when we were there, it was this amazing uh, building with plates and uh, modeling shop. And uh, we spent our lunches on the beach playing beach volleyball and then went back and worked. And we worked hard. The thing is that um, what I kind of figured then was that even if you work like Saturday or Sunday, you come out, the sun is shining. Most of the, the we, you know, there was no industry here. So people are there for, you know, having fun and be at the beach and they're happy. And you just like immediately switch on and then you're in holiday mood. So there is a difference of coming out from work in a rainy London and being on the on on a bus going home where everyone is feeling miserable or just going out and everyone is a party mode. I don't know about that. I've never known a day in London to be wet. <laughs> never known a London day to be wet, that's for sure. Well, I've been and there. The people in England are never miserable, not one bit. That's one thing I can say about <laughs> that. So so you're there, you're playing beach volleyball, maybe doing a sketch or two, a little bit of design work. No, I think it's the other way around, but it's fine. And then, so what? Where did you? So where did you go then from there? I mean, what was the move from from Spain? So, 
um, then we had to move um, and we were going to set up a studio in Berlin mm -hmm. which was the Potsdam and it was a Volkswagen design advanced design and um, since I kind of cheated being an architect and doing that uh, I got a great uh, responsibility together with one or two other team members to coordinate the studio because it was it will it would be our kind of home back in Germany. Mm -hmm. So the same architect that co-designed um, um, the, the the Sitges studio was going to do the, the the studio in Berlin or in Potsdam, and he was from that region. And um, we were taking that. We started with like a, a smaller kind of no it's not going to be it was going to be more of a of a design villa overlooking the lake in Potsdam but <laughs> as we work we kind of, it growed three or four times so I was together with the architect he was there in down there every second week maybe almost yeah sometimes every week and he came with his plans and I was sitting there and sketching and uh, thinking about like okay so you know when you come there you know the the modelers they go in they want to have the sun in the morning then you go uh, having a coffee so we have a little area for that and the design studio and and the plates and and um, how does the reception look and you know so so it was a great um, opportunity to build something truly from scratch everything we learned how uh, a, a perfect design studio machinery should work but between also the digital and uh, the, the, the virtual world so to say the, the, or the physical world uh, which I think that was starting to come then and, and, and we embraced that very early um, so when um, it was almost finished uh, we're going to move I thought I don't want to go to Germany even if it's Berlin even if it's very cool even if I been part of doing something like this from scratch um, I want to have a new challenge um, I'm a pioneer I think or I try to be um, I want to I like to make myself uncomfortable I mean we are no stuntmen or anything so we don't actually risk our lives it's not dangerous but I, I, I truly believe in, in, in trying to do things that you haven't done before and don't have a safety net necessarily and you live a little bit more on the edge you actually perform better and, and um, Ki and Hyundai at that time was up and coming and they were ambitious and I see the same thing now with the company that, that, that I represent today, the GIC they have a lot of ambition and they have uh, all the, the um, factories and they can produce great cars and, and they want to be a global player and at that time everyone said Pontus you're crazy you know you're going to you know have you thought about your career you know it's the Koreans well, the Koreans yeah, yeah. Could be trouble. Yes. so uh, I made a decision with an amazing um, talent designer Brett Deschier who is a French guy and we said screw Volkswagen you know I mean we were really really well connected uh, in that company and um, it was I mean career wise maybe not the smartest thing to to go away once you kind of you know proven yourself and you have you know a lot of connection a lot of friends and but as you say you like to test yourself but it was back in Germany um, but Kian and I also 
um, paid highly for the services oh, at that time. Said, sometimes crappy, crappy. Yeah. Price. So um, we were also, believe it or not, maybe a little bit tired of all the sun and, and the beach life. And we said, all right, um, let's build a, a, um, a vacation home in Sweden. So my wife and my children decided to to be in Sweden while I went to Germany. Uh, and then they were going to come and join me or we're going to find some somewhere else to live and commute because I thought I can commute because um didn't necessarily want uh, to live inland uh, Germany. So I started to fly home. Mm -hmm. So I took the plane every day or every weekend, Friday, um, uh, to home, to Sweden. Uh, it was very hard. Um, took the Ryanair, had to drive an hour or so. Yeah, to how was the flight? Oh, it's only two hours, but... but still, you've got to be in the airport, the drive, the drive <sighs> yeah, home after. Yeah. So I, I came home on a Friday at, at midnight, and then on a Sunday lunch, uh, my wife put me and the two kids in the car. They, they, they looked at something, home entertainment, some films, and then they drove me to the airport, and then I was there in the evening. And then, of course, I spent a lot of time in Korea, and um, we did a couple of concept cars in Italy. So uh, I was um, between these three or four countries. Um, and I did that for three years. And, and again, uh, to be part in an in initial stage where you're building up a brand. Uh, and um, there's so much that was not there. Um, when you work in an established company, it's very hard for creative people when they want to go outside their boundaries and says, hey, I have an idea for the show booth or ah, we can do the press kit like this because there's always someone who it's owns... a team for that, right? Yeah, but we were a small team so uh, uh, there it was a great, great uh, chance for me to put my finger on the things that I know. So I did a couple of press kits with my with my uh, team and you know then my advertising background came in handy did a logotype came up with the name seed uh got like a little bonus for that uh was part of directing the the reveal films uh they built a little bit on 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 how the boot and the you know the exposition of the car so it was really nice and then i i kind of said this is so fun this is so fun not only doing the cars but you know, not only like exterior, interior, and CMF, which which I was running there, um, but also the whole part of you know to, of the storytelling, um, and um, um, I stayed there th three years, um, and I was very fed up with commuting and yeah, flying. Yeah, I'd imagine it'd be a bit of a challenge after a while. Yeah, I liked flying before. But then, yeah, when people don't realise it, it was always nice to, sounds it to be going. And I'm assuming, obviously, with flying lots, you got some perks, maybe, and got bumped up occasionally. Yeah, but, you know, but that's still. that's not life. And I, I, I know, like, we did um, a project, um, a concept car at Renault, and um, we also did a prototype uh, at Lotus in England for that car, because that concept car, show car, was meant to go into production. And then we had to go to suppliers in Germany. And I think that uh, sometimes I was in three countries, yeah, four countries per week, flying forth and back. And oh, I yeah. was dead in the weekends. I was kind of sick every week, just so tired and, 
you know, wife say, oh, it's not healthy or whatever. But, you know, like, it, it's so fun and you're so much into it. But my life is not about flying, but it became a lot of flying. Um, and I got the opportunity to go back to Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, take up the role as design director interiors for Volvo. And I thought, I'm coming home. So I've been abroad. And um, did you have that uh, that home that your wife was back there to build? Has that been finished or? Uh, no, <laughs> it was. <laughs> Put on the back burner. It just became too expensive, oh, so we okay. ended up to buy a, a house and and renovating it instead. Oh, okay. you know? So, so that's car- why you wanted to live in Germany, so you could get out doing the renovations. Is that exactly. Really what it was? Okay. Exactly. Right. And uh, so so that's what we did. We 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 felt like you know we moved around and we didn't really know like a little bit like. You know, wanderlust gypsies, I, gypsies, I can say. Like, we didn't really have a home. And we felt at ease in many places in the world and, and you know, loved Europe and, you know, f- travel around there. And, but, you know, no kind of base. And we thought, all right, schools are great in Sweden. Um, yeah, time, time for us to come home. Um, and the house that we then had built and it was uh, we inherited some land where we're going to do our kind of summer house Uh, and then you know we had the the kids in school there it just happened to be like one and a half hour drive from where Volvo had its headquarters in Gothenburg so I ended up commuting in a car yeah which an hour and a half is not quite ideal no I know in England you do it a lot but it's three hours every day plus of course you put in 12 in 14 hours a day Mm -hmm. and uh, you sit in traffic you know traffic is I mean people are oh the traffic in LA is so bad and you know we're in 405 it's oh it's it's nice weather here in Sweden you have to deal with snow Mm -hmm. rain hail black ice whatever it's not ideal Nah, I mean we're 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 fortunate. Even there's a lot of 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 cars and traffic here, so so I was there, um, and actually um, when I resigned from from Kia, um, they um, they let me go immediately, and they said you can't work in the business for six months. So after a few months, I said, oh, I can't work in the car business. I had this embargo, so I had to wait, to, you know, to start a Volvo. So. Um, what I did is that I I did some some consulting and I, I worked for Scania doing buses, and uh, worked uh, with them, which was really good because I haven't done a bus before, and uh, worked with the, the the design lead there and and the strategy for what their buses would be, and then I I I I came into to Volvo and and Scania is in Stockholm or outside Stockholm, so that was like kind of warming up to going to the Swedish way of working, but when I came to Volvo, it was very hard for me because me as a person, I don't think I developed to be a Swedish person anymore. I maybe never been a typical Swede. Um, so I'm hardcore to work. I love, you know, I love work hard, play mm-hmm. play harder. Mm-hmm. And um, Volvo as a company had a great challenge. We were owned by PIG, you know, which was the premier automotive group from Ford, who owned, they had stakes in Mazda, but they owned Aston Martin and, and Land Rover and, and Volvo. And, and uh, it was hard times, you know, for the big three uh, then. And... And Volvo, we had not so much money, so everything we had to do was 
very slipstreamed and maybe this is also where I learned truly the value of going super 100% digital because I had to when you're doing something and, and you model it and you take it from, from design sketching into to clay modeling to do the hard model and you come to something called verification model which is you know in an interior it's like a, a heavy Wren model or like a Epo wood it's like a um, uh, it's it's a non-directional artificial wood so to say it's very hard and mm -hmm. crisp and, and you usually paint these models in silver and then you look at all the surfacing and, and you usually do that for everything you release you have a physical property which you judge and you know that is the, how the tool will be and, and that's how the production part will be mm -hmm. and we didn't have money I mean like an interior buck like that was a million dollar or whatever and um I had to take a lot of risks just looking at you know the screen and our presentation program was bang speed at that time. I said, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, just to save money, not only time but money. So I, I think that's when, when, when I started to understand that you know there's a certain risk taking, but you know we are pretty good at and, and judging what we see on the screen or digital. Um, but with the weather in Sweden and the hardship I, I stayed there for for three years and I said I'm, I'm fed up with car business mm -hmm. again, again the second time and now I said like I practice a lot of things different disciplines um, I mean at Renault we did a lot of product design we worked you know f with uh, with uh, uh, Tag Heuer doing watches we had project with Salomon doing ski boots snowboards at Volkswagen they had like a great industrial department doing a product design uh, we did things for for Bell and Ross and so on and I was like you know like in the beginning I did not only have cars I'm interesting in so much more so I thought I should I should just do my own brand I should just try to do that give it a shot why not if I haven't done it when I was 20 I should do it when I'm a little bit more than 40 because now at least I gained the experience and um, that's what I did so I resigned uh, 2000, end of 2010-2011 um, was my first New Year's day there 2011 was my f and I was independent I didn't have not the work not job and um, I was going strong this is it you know but one month later, I, I, we went for some, uh, some um, vacation. Um, everyone needs to go to the sun when they're in Sweden and everything is dark. So we went to Egypt. When I come back, I had a couple of calls from Ferrari and said, can you come and work for us? That's in you. I said, definitely no. I would not want to work for Ferrari. No. <laughs> so... <laughs> so um, so uh, I went down there and, and uh, again this was historical because Ferrari as a company has worked with Pininfarina, mostly with Pininfarina. They have worked with other coach and carrozzeria coach builders, a few models of Bertone we see, but Pininfarina has been the chosen kind of, of uh, um, design house that served Ferrari for almost 60 years then. Ferrari has been in, in Formula One 
as the only team for 60 years at that time when I was there. Now it's a little bit more. And um, they decided, uh, we look at them on similar, like uh, to do their own design department. And um, we built it from scratch. Um, and I was uh, going to take care of interiors and uh, product design and, and merchandise. And I thought, this is better than building a brand because Ferrari is... is uh, some people, have you, maybe a few people have heard of Ferrari, I mean. I think yeah, this, it's, it's, I mean, the brand is amazing in, 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 in so, many, so many ways. First of all, it's, it's not the normal design studio. When you're there, uh, they can be like shakes and movie stars and you can just open up the door and, and someone is there on a tour and normally you have a design presentation uh, and it's all kind of secret but you know here it was a little bit more rock and roll and people came in and I had some rich kid kind of judging oh yeah you know because they were important so it's a little bit show and, and you know like Ferrari opened up its, its, its doors and mm -hmm. you know special clients and so on so that was great but um, I was not sure um, that I wanted to live in in Modena now you have to understand Ferrari is a legendary brand it's amazing um, the, the, the products are uh, fantastic in the way that they are able to sell flip-flops or a pencil sharpener with a prancing horse on as well as watches and leather jackets for thousands of dollars mm -hmm. And normally you can't do that as a brand. You can't. But the reason they can do that is they have their Formula One team, which you have this, this um, uh, it's almost like um, there's a football team or, or anything like a uh, uh, baseball team, and, and they have their fans. And their fans, they need their caps and teeth. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why they get, get away with it. But they, they have different segments in that. So a lot of my work was to focus on, on, on also do, do, doing these things, everything from watches to handbags and, and things like that. And I love that, that stuff. You know, it's, it's really like your fashion. I do. I do. So. And then um, um, the Moderna, to live there, uh, you have to imagine uh, the cars are there, they are red, a lot of people go there, uh, it's like a Mecca for people to go and visit and, and, and rent the Ferrari and being on this very, very you know, iconic place, mm -hmm. an historical place, and be on the same um, restaurant where Enzo Ferrari was drinking coffee and, and whatever. So. Um, but the place itself, it's, it's, um, it's farmland around it. It's tractors, it's uh, people who have eaten a lot of pasta with, uh, with two big flower dresses. It's parmesan cheese, it's parma ham. Uh, there's not so much to do there. So you have to go to Bologna um, and uh, it's central Italy. And remember, I love my my, my water, you know, goes. Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive. And there, for a young film family, uh, there's not really good schools education. There was a small little private school with three people in, and you know. So we started to look how can we survive if we move uh, somewhere else, and you know, I, I can live at one of the coasts in Italy, mm -hmm. uh, and then I commute. Um, but I had commuted so much then, yeah. 
So I thought, no, I want to be with my family on a daily basis. And, you know, there are some people, they live in Maranello, uh, Monday to, to, to Friday morning, so to say, and then they go home, wherever they live, in Milano or Turin or somewhere else. But I did not think that was an option. So I lasted there for a year. But um, I, I got uh, the opportunity to then to put the FF into production, the Ferrari FF, which is not designed by the Ferrari studio. It's uh, The interior is made by Tal Design, and exterior was done by Pininfarina. So that's truly the last car, even though that... Um, that uh, the F12 Berlinetta still kind of wears the Pininfarina badge mm -hmm. in, in that respect. Um, but um, I did take the F12 Berlinetta interior from old engineering, of course in Italian, to the first clay model. And uh, then, then I left. Um, and I thought, you know, Italy, fantastic country, but not there. It was chaos. Uh, we started not having any um, machinery, um, everything was quite Spartan, so to say, in that way. Uh, but it was more about the lifestyle, and I can't have a fantastic job for a fantastic company and not make sure that my life outside work, and for my family, is equally fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to compromise my life. Um, and this is something that sometimes have stopped me in my career because I always choose life mm -hmm. before career and lifestyle before success or money in that way, respect. So I got an um, uh, opportunity to go to Scania back then. They, I, I, I guess they liked um, what I did for their buses. Um, and I started as a, as a consultant. And already then I had started my company. So in the beginning of Ferrari, if I if I re re, re back a little bit there, or uh, I started doing a lot of per products and merchandise for them for the first couple of weeks from my own studio before I actually started on and, and take up the the um, title there as interior chief. So Scania had an ambition to do their new cars or trucks and interior in clay and no one knew how to work in clay. And I love to work in the clay, so I'm digital, but I, I still like my, my plastiline, so to say. So I was there one and a half years and um, did trucks. And a lot of people may be listening and say, you're crazy, you went from Ferrari, Italy, back to Sweden, where you didn't really want to be, doing trucks. How does that work? And it does, because for me it's not about if it's a luxury car, if it's uh, you know something flamboyant, it's about doing good design for people. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough, if you're doing interior for a truck and you're doing an interior for a, for a Ferrari, it's quite a contrast. A Ferrari, you have a steering wheel position, which is almost 90 degrees different than you have in a truck. The cabin in a truck, it moves. I mean, I was going to say, people spend probably more time when they do in a truck than they would in a Ferrari. Absolutely. Most people, I will say. Yeah, yeah. because it's not only their working place, their office, it's also sometimes they, you know, they sleep and they sleep, have a yep. cabin and they spend a lot of time. But everything is surrounded by the cup holders. Mm -hmm. Because in a Ferrari, we had to put the cup holder in and it has to be for a big gulp and in a truck as well. You have to have water, you have something to drink. 
and if something is universal in the interior aspect of car design or whatever it is, is people need water. So, or coffee. Or coffee. Or, or any or yeah. yeah. Or Coca Cola or whatever. Yeah, whatever if it, if we can advertise for you. We can advertise whatever you want. It's All right. fine. So um but I had my own company and I was doing consulting, so I thought, you know, I can um I can do this, I can get money into the company, bread and butter, while I continue doing my brand, mm -hmm. which was all planes and, and luxury goods and sunglasses and everything anything that I want. everything I wanted to do. So you have to pay the rent. We all have to. Um, the mortgage, whichever one it is. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. So uh, in the end of that time, um, Thomas Ingeland, who, Ingeland, who went from Skoda uh, to Volvo and starting his position there, uh, he asked me if I could uh, help him doing the Volvo strategy and doing a, a strategic model. So I did that for four months from my home office, and then I had my little team of alias modelers and, and collaborated with another company, uh, which was great. And after that, um, I got in contact with Land Rover. And now I see that what, was, what is happening here? I'm, I'm like 46 years old. Uh, people are not hiring me as being a a leader or a design director or a manager they actually are interested in me as a designer and I'm I'm fairly old and this is what I can't grasp with the car business sometimes because if you look in other kind of creative professions like architecture like the guys the stars there they're like 70 80 years old Sir Norman Foster Renzo Piano um, Frank Gehry, whatever you know, they're like old guys and and women as well. You know, Sarah did was not 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 young either when when she passed away. And you look at the creative director for uh, San Francisco Ballet or art directors in advertising or whatever. They you know they are people artists yeah. artists. They are people who stay creative and are hands-on even if they have big kind of agencies they, they are still you know and sometimes they're doing their best work and in car business unfortunately everyone is after a while doing career and then you stop designing and and I think it's a shame because even um, I mean as a team we I mean we benefit so enormously on all the young people coming in which have more vision and more go and 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 will to kind of you know, uh, challenge everything and what is established, um, and they don't have the experience. But we 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 need to have people who are experienced and also push the boundaries. So I just um, understood that this is quite unique, and I'm very happy as a designer. I'm extremely happy because I do what I love most. I work with people, I'm hands-on, I present my dreams mm -hmm. or what I think would be f suitable for this company. But now I come to a position where I can also act um, very sharp as as a tool. So the, the problem I think in a lot of um, cases is that people, they, they get some hybrids they think that they are really great I mean crying out loud we are car designers you know we don't do too much we try to do what we can do what we're passionate for to do this to be a little bit more beautiful mm -hmm. 
and, and you know, for the user cases for the people. But we don't save the world. So, you know. And a lot of people, they get so cocky. And, you know, you said it about their, their traveling and, oh, I have this, you know, gold car and I get upgraded and perks and I stay in Shanghai on luxury hotel and whatever. And I am just noticed that I'm really, really happy just to work and, mm -hmm. do, and be creative and be with my team. And, um, but I can see it now clearly. I can see it from my perspective. I can see it from my design directors because I've been there and I know what everyone's going through. And sometimes, you know, like with my experience, um, I maybe know more than the people I report to. So if I'm cocky and kind of try to boost that, I'm going to go nowhere. Yeah, I could be help you. I, I'm going to be useless. Mm -hmm. You know, I could be like a bad designer there. I would get as much out. So I thought I'm trying to be the best, you know, easiest tool they can use and I'm going to try to bridge that between, you know, what an intern and junior designer is and what my design director is going through. And I think that was a big kind of aha kind of moment for me how to be effective and most effective in an organization and just forget about all of this hierarchy and whatever and just focus on on the people around you and on the at work so i started with a joint venture for uh, land rover and i worked with that six months and then they put that on hold and uh, i was a contractor and again guess i'm flying to work again i have the going up four o'clock in the morning you know, mm -hmm. be on the train station, five o'clock, take the train down to Copenhagen Airport. You know, sometimes this is snow and ice mm -hmm. and we de derailed once, which was experience. Sometimes we had to kind of have an emergency taxi to take us to Copenhagen Airport. Uh, wait there for one hour for check-in, two hours flight. flight, then wherever you flew to, mm -hmm. walk to the rental car. And then I started to have a, like a sandwich and then my first... I started work at around one o'clock, and then I went home at nine o'clock, and you know then I That's did. That's not ideal either. No, and then I flew back on Fridays, mm -hmm. right? But I have to say that work in England amazing. The people. I mean, you didn't the, mind that rainy weather. Of course, there wasn't any, obviously. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. So um, after the the joint venture, then they said, "All right, we put this on hold," uh, and and again I came in to be like in the lead of that. Um, but the team uh, that I had on that joint venture was was very fresh, so I ended up designing and sketching and doing a lot of design work, which was fine. And then I said, right, this this one now is on hold, but we would like you to do another project. And I okay, all right, fine, it's in the main studio, and it's our new show car. And I was like, okay, fantastic, what a privilege. Uh, who else, you know, when, you know, when do we have to do and, you know, when is the deadline or whatever? We have to start to model it in, in just a few days. Okay. No pressure. No pressure. None at all. Who else is there? Well, there's only you, Pontus, and, and we will have uh, one or two other designers working and helping, you know, and, and doing other things. And I was, um, it was divided. I was you know, very, very happy because 47 years old and I'm going to be like a junior designer doing a concept car again. And then I was afraid. I was a little bit scared. How do you know that you perform at your best if there's no one else competing? So normally when you do these things, it starts a few months before and you have sketch presentations and then you maybe model something. There's a selection and you, you know, you go down from 
um, a couple of models to the one or from everyone have three sketch presentation your design director picks the themes that he or she wants you to do and and you know then you're going to do it so it's it's a fairly long process mm -hmm. which is built on competition and if you would do like a 100 meter dash sprint how do you know that you're the fastest if you're the only one on the arena? How do you know? Well, your parents would say, yes, you were definitely the fastest. Yeah, exactly. But are you sure? Because we are so stimulated by, you know, our peers and people around us and, and, and you know, the moment of that. So, great team at Land Rover, uh, great company. Um, and we did this um, new discovery uh, concept or vision concept car in a record-breaking time. Um, depending how we count, it's three or four months, and it's still very, very short. Yes, it's very, four. very yeah, very it's short. Obviously, but still four is very, very short. Absolutely, and um, and uh, you know, there was revealed 2015 New York, and then two weeks later we had a second car. We did two cars uh, with different kind of color schemes in Beijing uh, or Beijing, and um, um, there I am, like. Um, doing design and I'm old and I see that I'm still creative I can sketch um, I have great vision I know a lot about the industry I know how to fabricate and uh, I thought this is really really a lot of fun this is really a lot of fun and um, then something happened is after that Land Rover and Jaguar it's the same group JLR started to investigate to do an electric platform and the result is the face of the Jaguar that we see now mm -hmm. but in the beginning both uh, Range Rover, Land Rover and Jaguar was in competition of it so uh, I got uh, to put um, uh, and, and to lead that uh, team and to do the interior and then I had a small team and I was a contractor and um, I, f I understood then what liberty you have to innovate um, a car and the whole experience when you have electric uh, motors instead of the combustion engine yeah, and then I thought changes everything around a and I bit. thought I'm a little bit tired of maybe cars and doing the same thing but this is a new thing and also you have all the technology coming in and you know if, if you really put your mind and your experience and your vision to it you can change how the future cars will be when you also know what we what we see of the autonomous uh, era and, and what we shall come so i think it's very very interesting times um but i was a contractor and uh, i did uh, presentations for the board i was like an executive member again and i was flying forth and back and i was like but either you have to hire me now for you know to to actually also reflect salary wise mm -hmm. and 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 position wise yep. because right now I'm 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 back to this kind of leadership or at least that plus I'm hands on and you know we ha we have to sort it out and uh, we talked about it and and negotiated and forth and back and it didn't happen and um then uh, I got an opportunity uh to do aircraft design from London and they pay twice as much. So why not? And I thought, wow, London. You know, we were in in um, in Gaydon. It's called the the it's the Midlands in England. Uh, yeah, it's also it's, not, it's very similar. Let's yeah, London, Gaydon, very similar yeah. places. I mean, they've both got heaps and heaps of history. 
queen has houses in all over them both. But I could see that maybe London might tempt you over again. Yes, there was beautiful countryside versus city life of London and, and the, that kind of hip lifestyle. So, uh, but it was much more the curiosity. I'd never done an aircraft design. And, you know, it's like between furniture, home decoration, industrial design, car design. I mean, obviously you've sketched one like every child has sketched one. You've probably made a paper airplane in your time, right? Yes, absolutely. But getting a chance to do a real one, I mean, that's... Yeah, so... so say no? You can't say no, really. No, so, great. So, uh, I went down there, um, and working with uh, aircraft design, a uh, beautiful um, little setup, uh, not. It was like one room in uh, Shoreditch, it's called, huh? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. a trendy upcoming area. Very hip. Very hip. We are 14 people in a little room, uh, but, um, you know, very well-established uh, uh, aircraft design um, studio. And what a lot of people maybe don't know is that a lot of the aircraft designs are actually done by England-based studios. So there's like a little uh, melting pot or a mecca for that around London. Um, so again, I'm flying to work, but it was much easier because mm -hmm. I flew directly to London. Yep. And I got to... Um, Unless it's today where the, a gap that you can't land because of the drones. Or the uh, yeah. But then thankfully back then, the drones were not as prevalent. That's that's very true. Um, yeah, that's what happened in Gatwick uh, yesterday. And today. And today as and well. And well. All right. Crazy. Mm. We keep it current here on the podcast. Mm. Better to be in America. Yeah. Anyway, so... Um, so Again, like, I have no idea why is everything leaning three degrees? Because that's the cruising, you know, um, position of the plane. Oh, and there I, I learned so much about hospitality, uh, LOPA, which is like the architecture of your mm -hmm. sit. And later this gave me a good understanding how to rethink a car interior because of that. Because you have to do something that works for the people in the cabin in a car without any um, servants, so to say. There's no there's no crew yep. to kind of support you. Um, but there, there's a lot of uh, well-being and there's a lot of um, how you feel good in a plane. And Singapore Airlines is a company which wants you to um, just tranquility, well, uh, yes, well-being, nice. yeah. sanctuary. Uh, Virgin is more like party you know uh, when you cross the pond so there's two different approaches but since we're different as people you have to be able to satisf satisfy an environment that suits both both of uh, or all kind of people so um that is uh, one thing then that i could take with me uh, when i then finally came to america i know and so what is it that brought you finally here to the states the promised land so electric startup company mm -hmm. and because uh, um, you've been interested obviously in the electric stuff yeah and I thought I um, like to make revolution I want to innovate I want to live on the edge I really want to be in California I was here visiting there's been some opportunities but uh, there have been more in Detroit earlier in my career and let's be honest this time of year in Detroit or this time of year in California maybe different and yeah there's some but might make some choices there because of that yes very true so again 
a great opportunity uh, presented itself. And I think it might have the water might have something to do with it as well for you, right? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so I'm beginning to get a trend now. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that you know after this is my 10th country that I had the privilege to work and live in I know it's like you could have done your own series of House Hunters International by now yeah I wish I bought houses <laughs> there, there you we, go oh I changed the scenario quite drastically now but um, yeah so uh, here I am and um, with the startup company and how did that go we worked so hard we did like 90-95 hours work weeks because because you're getting old, you know this is what I need to do right now is do 1995 hour work week. Yeah, they said we have to do this car for production 2018, and I'm going. How are we going to develop a car from scratch in that little time? So, do can you we like a challenge? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, um, but the only thing you can do is to um, make more out of the working week. So the California lifestyle, mm-hmm. I did not see too much of. But uh, my family joined me then one year later, where, you know, when the biggest kind of like um, hurdle when it comes to time, and they came here. And um, I believe in America. I believe in this 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 part of the world. I think that this is a very positive spirit here. Um, a lot of people they ask me, "What do you like here most?" The, the, is the weather right? And I said, "No, it's the people." And I think the maybe the the weather makes the people happy here. Uh, but I think truly that um, America is, I mean, sometimes you speak with people and you go like in Sweden, you're hey, can we do this? No, we can't really do that, which is not true. It's impossible. You don't do No, it's not true. And in America, you go, yeah, can we do that? Sure, we can do that. Yeah, let's try. Which is also not entirely true, but it's just this spirit and this positive and this go, get, go like thing I really, really like. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's very similar. I think that. Uh, coming here to the United States myself personally, um, it's the embracing of being able to try and say yes to everything. Mm. We'll say that, and yes, because what's the worst? That could, you can always think, what's the worst that could happen? It can't really be that bad, surely. Just say yes. Why not? Very true. Real positive. Very true. I, I like this spirit a lot. Yeah, it's a good one to have. I like it. It's like it's the driving, and everyone's willing to go and give it a shot and see what happens. Yeah, I think that people are very positive, very nice, um, and it's a it's a really really good environment to be here. So, as we look to wrap it up now, Pons, and talk about that with GAC, what? So, can you tell us anything about what you guys are working on for twenty nineteen? Yeah, still pretty hush hush that you can't tell. No, us that's to, true. You have to shoot me on the way out. That's true. So, yes. Yeah, so, to clarify, like after three years of hard work with mm-hmm. startup, um, I did not believe it anymore because, yeah, money came and go. We have investors. We don't have. Uh, I believed in the team. I believed in the in the in the product, and at, at that company, I had a chance to do everything that I kind of you know trained for. I did interior, I did UI UX, I did graphics, the logotype, the brand. There's a lot of things that I actually practice in my early lives mm-hmm. to do, and it a it all came to together there, together there which I'm. Which you expect at a startup where you like meant to be doing everything right. You can so one day you can be doing the logo, the next day you can be making the tea. Exactly. The other day you could be sweeping and and and, and, and hopefully and not the last day you're cleaning it. No, desk. and that is the right spirit. And and you know I like this kind of non-structural kind of thing. Uh, and I I think the product that the the team uh, did is 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 quite amazing. I really really pushed the boundaries of of what the electric car should be in the future. So. But 
I started to not being too confident that mm -hmm. you know this was me because I need an OM to back up you know what a dream because I maybe know how to design a car and to build a brand now and so on and so forth but I can't invest money I can't do the factories I can't do that so GIC presented itself and they wanted to start up a design studio here in California and then I thought this must be the best of two worlds for me it's a company who knows how to do cars are very humble uh, and very ambitious a little bit like what we said about you know Hyundai Kia mm -hmm. um, and GIC is manufacturing cars as joint ventures for Toyota, Honda, Mitsubishi, the F FCA group um, they do about two million uh, units uh, per year they have their own brand and uh, they want to go global and um, I have to say that I'm humbled for the privilege to start building up a studio and a team in California uh, and to be part of that journey because I think it's going to be a, an amazing ride um, so here I am I have the best of, of the, the kind of startup mentality mm -hmm. the forward thinking uh, and the backing for a company who knows what they're doing Sure, and then if anyone's wanting to find out more about GAC, where's the best place for them to try and track that down? So, uh, I have this question. Actually, they're, they're, it's not like a, a, a good uh, website yet. It's, it's in Chinese, and we're working with that. So, this is our first year. We will hopefully come up with something exciting soon I'm for the world for to see. I'm looking for all virtual reality and AI. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and we, we, and, and, and we have a, a little thing coming out in, in a foreseeable future, which is the first thing from, from the studio, which I'm very excited to share when it comes. And during next year, we're going to work uh, much more with awareness of the company and, and the promotion of the company and the values we represent. So all of that websites and things will follow. But right now, it's, it's only in Chinese. It's, it's uh, not very easy to find. Uh, of course, there's a press, and, and that's what we're working on. We're working uh, to, to create the awareness for the company. Well done, partners. Thank you so much for today. I very much appreciate it and for the introduction to your humble, humble beginnings and how your, the story, so to speak, of everything in the journey. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing where it goes in 2019. Yeah, I'm so, sorry I spoke a lot about myself and my journey. And, you know, it's been hard sometimes. I mean, sometimes I say, like, this is business is not for me and I should do something else. And you think, I, I, run, out of, I run out of ammunition. But somehow, you know, you get back. And, and this is, you know, very much my, my message. Um, in life there will always be friction there will always be things where it doesn't go as you want um, and you just have to be persistent and f afterwards in retrospect people think oh wow you're so successful but they only see the tip of the iceberg and after like they don't know about all those no nah, I mean there's there's a lot of failures there's a lot of things where things have gone south uh, and you know luckily you know you show only the good sides and and what comes out from that and that's my message to everyone like I can never give up and, and just go for it and when it's like look tough just you know focus on what you really want to do whatever it is and and go for it because it will pay off it will happen that I am a strong believer in that look I, I mean I can't say any more than that well, I think we have to end on that very very positive note but thank you so much Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, remember to come see us at No Breaking. 
Remember, leave us a very positive, at least 17 star review out of five. That's what we look for, bare minimum. Um, and then also, we always like written reviews. So if you want to tell us, say nice things about me, that'd be great. And again, thank you so much for listening. You can catch us next week. Bye-bye.